You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network 2019 NFL Mock Draft Special. I'm your co-host, Brian Peacock, host of Locked On 49ers and Sitting next to me this week is a man who needs no introduction to you listeners of Locked On NFL, our resident scout and host of Locked On NFL, Mr. Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you, sir? I am beyond excited to get this thing going. I am fantastic. The draft is here. We're ready to roll. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm pretty excited to see how this all works out. Absolutely. So if you don't know how this is going to go down, this is going to be a five-day event. We're going to take you through picks one through six today. So about six picks per day, Monday through Friday, go through this mock draft. We're going to utilize the power of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to have all of the hosts making picks for their respective teams. We're going to have our friends Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak from Locked On NFL Draft and Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino from Draft Dudes giving their expert analysis. Our friends from the College Network breaking down prospects from their respective schools that are getting drafted here in this mock. Local experts bringing their knowledge and really flexing the power of the network here as we do this week-long 2019 NFL mock draft. And uh, I can't wait to get started. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, too. This is going to be fun. Let's dig right in, man. This is going to be great. Let's do it. Some big storylines in this draft. Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak of the Draft Network and Locked On NFL Draft breaking it all down as we head into round one. All right, everybody, Trevor and Ben here from the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, welcoming you to the virtual TDN NFL Draft desk for this Locked On mock draft. Ben, it's kind of this really exciting exercise. I'm really looking forward to this. We've got a lot of really great analysts making some, making some pretty interesting and some pretty smart picks, I'm sure, for a lot of these teams. What's the storyline? Kind of going into the draft here, we're about to get to pick one. What are some of the storylines of what this draft is going to hold, not only for for this mock, but, of course, how it reflects real life, too? The big storyline is it's always Rosen and Kyler. It's what it's going to be. And and right now, there's no movement on the trade front. Is Washington interested? Are they not? Could the Giants be interested? Kyler's visiting there this week. There's so much confusion as to what could happen here. Would the Cardinals even take Murray if they can't offload Rosen? There's probably going to be one big final push to get a trade done right before the draft. But if it doesn't go through... Does Kyler end up going number one? That's the big storyline right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and that just affects so much, right? Because, you know, if, if Kyler doesn't go number one overall, then you've got a guy like Bosu who probably goes one. Then what happens with Quinn and Williams? Where does he end up going? It's crazy, the slide that we've seen from those mock drafts. I, and, you know, the, the, we're letting people pick. We're p- letting people have the freedom in this mock draft to kind of do what they think is right for the teams. And so that makes a lot of sense. Kyler going number one, I think it could happen in real life, but is it the right move? I think is the big storyline here because there's going to be a lot of back and forth. I think it's whether or not he's the right move, really. Yeah, and then if he doesn't go, well, who's the team that moves up to go get him? That's, because the yeah, second, that's true. The second he doesn't go one, I mean, the Niners' phones are going to be ringing off the hook. And it's important to remember, like, we think we know, but this we always, time last year <laughs> was Sam Darnold, baby. Right, we always think we know. All right, so really excited for this mock draft. Can't wait to see what teams pick, maybe what trades happen. Brian and Matt, back to you guys. Thanks, guys. And right now, unless there's any last-minute willing or dealing, Josh Rosen is still a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we get to that number one overall pick, let's check in on the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. All right, Joe, we're getting ready to start things off here. And the narrative around the NFL draft this year really seems to be centered around two positions, the pass rushers and the quarterbacks. 
I don't know about you, but I'm really interested to see what the supply and the demand for these quarterbacks looks like because we always want to place them at the top of the draft, but are they actually going to go at the top of the draft? Yeah, and what's going to be so interesting, Kyle, is uh, you know we have hosts making picks here, not GMs, and so it feels like the, the media has been a little bit more down on this quarterback class whereas the NFL seems primed to take you know up to four quarterbacks here in the first round so will the hosts have the same appetite to pick marginal quarterbacks in the first round right and then from a pass rushers perspective it's really pick your poison right there's there's a lot of really good pass rushers in this group but what order do those guys come off the board who's going to choose to prioritize the upside who's going to choose to prioritize the floor how much of a scheme consideration are these guys going to be taking into consideration as they come off the board yeah that scheme consideration part is really what's fascinating to me because they do come in all shapes sizes and skill sets and so uh, will we see a team that runs a 4-3 go after a guy like Brian Burns just because he's obviously one of the best pass rushers in this class but he doesn't necessarily meet that weight threshold and you know how does where does Rashawn Gary fit into the mix a guy that you know we talk about as an inside outside guy is he a player that uh, a 3-4 team would even consider so I just think that is such an interesting storyline here is consider considering the fits and which teams will ultimately select them. And we know pass rushes at a premium. So they're, they're certain to come off the board fast and furious. That's going to do it for us here at the draft dudes desk. Let's get this thing rolling. Is it Rosen? Is it Murray? Is it Rosen and Murray? Let's go to the locked on Cardinals war room with Alex Clancy and Bo Brock for the number one pick in the 2019 locked on podcast network NFL mock draft. Cardinals draft room, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, locked on Cardinals. We have a couple decisions to make here between three guys, really, but two in the top tier, Nick Bosa, Kyler Murray, and on the outside, Quinn and Williams looking in. Haven't really seen any trade offers that have uh, piqued our interest, so this can go one of two ways. This, this will change the landscape of the franchise one way or another. Nick Bosa, surefire, you know, defensive edge rusher, uh, number one overall, safe pick, right? That would be the safe choice for us. He's the number one prospect in this draft, right? Yeah. A, pa- a polished pass rusher. You couple him with Chandler Jones. You've got Darius Phylon, Rodney Gunter. Uh, you've got Corey Peters. Mm-hmm. On that defensive line, you're making the switch to 34. You've got Nick Bosa's positional coach from Ohio State. Uh, he's now your linebacker coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Right. It would just be a great fit in this 3-13 and team from 2018 for the Arizona Cardinals that didn't have a strength, absolutely has a strength in, as far as getting after the quarterback. It'll be similar to what we saw last year as far as Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, the team that Vance Joseph, the new Cardinals defensive coordinator, was the head coach for. But they didn't hire a defensive co- a defensive coordinator as head coach. They hired Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> so the other option is, is Kyler Murray. We completely changed the face of this organization. Josh Rosen would then probably be traded. We haven't decided on that yet if we're going to – uh, retain him, but Kyler Murray, the other way is they put up 14.1 points per game last year, which was last by a couple points. 2008, I believe 2008 Detroit Lions went 0-16. They put up more points than the Cardinals did per game last year. Kyler Murray, electric, will put people in the seats. They'll put up more points. It'll be a more fast-paced offense, which would alleviate some stress for the defense if we choose to go with with Kyler Murray instead. And Kyler Murray seems to be Cliff Kingsbury's guy, right? right? I mean, we have the video from his college days, Cliff Kingsbury's college days, as far as coaching Texas Tech, how he said he would take Kyler Murray number one overall. Now they've backtracked a little bit, but... In the 24 
seven news cycle that we live in, this thing is taken off. This Kyler Murray to the Arizona Cardinals hype train is it's it's at its peak right now. Um, but I think we need to kind of step away, right? We need to put this thing in perspective. They took a quarterback tenth overall last last draft in Josh Rosen. To me, Kyler Murray does not have number one overall talent. Agreed. And Quinnen Williams, unfortunately, he may be the best to come out of this draft, but in the glaring needs that are necessary for the Arizona Cardinals to move forward, he's going to be on the outside looking in. So we're going to cut him out. And I think Bo and I have decided that the Arizona Cardinals with the number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft select defensive and edge rusher Nick Bosa from Ohio State. Now Nick Bosa is going to go from a hand-in-the-dirt 34 defender to a guy that's standing up. Mm -hmm. I don't have any problem that he can't transition to that position, right? And he's going to be a guy that's going to be playing opposite Chandler Jones. They've kind of filled in the interior of that defensive line, some guys that can open up some lanes. A guy like Nick Bosa can just be an absolute nightmare for opposing offenses. And the Cardinals finally have a strength on this team that struggled in 2018. And I do like the idea that Josh Rosen is going to be the franchise quarterback that they tabbed in 2018 going forward. Alex Clancy and Bobrock checking in from the Arizona Cardinals draft room. Wow. Nick Bosa is the selection at number one overall. Matt, this is sort of turn everything on its ear that we've been hearing over the last month. It seemed like a foregone conclusion that Kyler Murray, quarterback out of Oklahoma, would be the number one overall pick. So this tells me this was all a smokescreen, that those Arizona Cardinals were just lying liars. <laughs> I suppose. Um, I do think Bosa is the best and safest player in this draft. I mean, he and Chandler Jones should pair to be a very – very disruptive set of edge guys that can also bounce inside, move all over the line of scrimmage. I mean, I see the allure, but I got to say, I don't think it'll probably shake out this way in the real world, but that's okay, too. I mean, that's why we're doing this. That's what makes it fun. When you have a chance to draft first overall in the NFL draft, you want to take the best player in the draft, right? So from that line of thinking, I totally get how this works and how this makes sense. And if you can't get that trade value for your current quarterback in Josh Rosen, uh, I understand how you can't make that deal because I think the worst possible scenario is that you still roll with both quarterbacks and then you have missed out on an opportunity to improve the rest of your roster. Two alpha quarterbacks on your roster that could create, I think, personality problems and you don't want to sell completely low on Josh Rosen, right? I'm a big Rosen believer and I also think Cliff Kingsbury was hired for one reason at the time was... Get Rosen right and build a great situation around him and cater everything to him. And then, you know, there was rumors that they fell in love with Kyler Murray. But, I mean, when back then, I mean, it was his job was to get Rosen right. And did Rosen's rookie season go well? No, not at all. But I'm not sure that Dan Marino or Joe Montana would have done much different behind a backup offensive linemen, two offensive coordinators. So, Sticking with Rosen makes a lot of sense. You don't have that much money now tied up at the quarterback position. Um, I'm a believer in Rosen. Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers, is also our resident front seven defensive line edge rusher expert. Peter, what are your thoughts on Nick Bosa as an NFL prospect? 
Bosa is really good. There's not much more to say. He's a physical, strong, athletic enough edge rusher who plays with good technique and a relentless motor. He may be more naturally athletic than his brother, but lacks the same awe-inspiring power. Bosa uses his quickness and ability to counter to beat offensive tackles with his long, powerful hands, keeping blockers off his body. He can play inside or outside and hold up at the point of attack, making him a versatile piece for just about any team and any scheme in the league. He's not going to be some kind of 18-sack Von Miller Maven off the edge, but that doesn't mean he can't be really, really good in the NFL. He's still young, won't be 22 until October, and got better every year at Ohio State. He may still have room to grow into his body as well as his athletic gifts. He's not a Miles Garrett-level freak athlete, but he's an elite pass rush prospect with a high ceiling and tremendous versatility. He can play the run, rush the passer, and be disruptive wherever you put him. Those guys aren't easy to find, and Arizona just got him. That's what made him the number one overall pick, and he is, by most accounts, the best player in the draft. Let's check in on Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak at the Locked On NFL Draft Desk and get their opinion on the Cardinals selection. Trevor and Ben here from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. We're here to react that number one overall pick. Nick Bosa ends up going number one overall. Ben, what do you think, man? I mean, we talked about it in the pre-show. Kyler, if it's not him, what happens? Now, this whirlwind and this avalanche that could that could now happen that Kyler wasn't number one overall. Just talk about, I think, the ramifications of Kyler not going number one overall, and then we'll get into Bosa. Right, well, I'm sure, like I said, you know, the, the phones start ringing for the Niners at two, and pretty much every hook, dude. every draft, like, now it's just where does Kyler go, what team is willing to move on and take the chance on him? How much does a guy like, like Cliff Kingsbury passing on him indicate to other teams what he thinks of Kyler? How much of it was even Cliff's decision? Like, if this is what happens, yeah. there's now so much intrigue. But if we look at... Uh, just boasted to the Cardinals. We're talking about a team that, you know, trying to find a foil for Chandler Jones hasn't gotten good pass rush out of Robert and Kem Uh Hassan Reddick was the first round pick a couple years ago. Hasn't panned out as an off ball linebacker. They had Terrell Suggs in free agency, but obviously you don't expect Suggs to be a long term thing. Yeah. Bosa immediately slides into the other side. That's huge for Chandler Jones' late career production because you're not going to get. Uh, attention on doubles nearly as much anymore slide protection tight ends they're not going to come your way Bose is a potential double digit sack guy in year one that's never a bad pick yeah. at number one overall yeah no I think you nailed a lot of the points there and it's a really smart pick for the Cardinals um, especially if they can get the most out of Rosen if that Rosen relationship is not torn to what we kind of thought it was going into the going into draft season and, and hearing all the rumors of what could be there Bose is a fantastic pick you put him opposite Chandler Jones come on man it's one of the best edge duos in the NFL, and so that's really hard to pass up, especially when you've seen a prototype like his brother Joey, who's having so much success even early on in his career. You know there's a pathway for it. So we're sending you right over to the 49ers draft room. They're going to make a pick at number two next. And, you know, it, it is a shocker to some, but if you listen to the Locked On 49ers Winky Wednesday episodes, you will know that I 100% guaranteed that the Cardinals would not draft Kyler Murray at the number one pick. So I love how this mock is going so far. They did take Nick Bosa. No surprise there. Probably one of the best talents in this draft. Guy I would have loved to have had on the 49ers. And if the 49ers can't have Nick Bosa and I'm drafting, then there's only one choice here at number two, and it's Quinn Williams. I mean, you're talking about a, a defensive tackle that's just one of those guys that he, he could be a game changer. He could be the next Aaron Donald. He could be the next DeForest Buckner. He could be – he's quick. He's strong. He's got that lateral movement technique. And – 
And at this point in the draft, too, he's he's easily the best player available. You line him up there with Buckner and D Ford, and you get like a combo of Armstead and Thomas out there, and you're looking at a pretty formidable defensive line there. And I, I really like how that would stack. So number two, 49ers select Quinn Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. That was Nick Winkler sitting in for me, making the selection in the Locked On 49ers war room. And Nick comes on the show with me once per week. And I know that I must have influenced that decision somehow. And it's probably the pick I would have made. And I know his phone was ringing for trades, but the offer just was not there to move out of the number two spot and get one of the true blue chip players in this draft in Quinnen Williams. And really... On most people's draft boards, that's how it's ranked out. I think the consensus is Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams in some order is the number one and number two overall players in this draft, non-quarterbacks in this draft. And that's how it goes here in the Locked On Podcast Network NFL Mock Draft. Nick Bosa going number one to the Arizona Cardinals and now Quinn and Williams who some people have is the best prospect in the draft. The closer we get to this thing, I think more people are on board with that idea. Quinnen Williams going number two overall to the 49ers. Matt, how do you like that pick? Yeah, I mean, again, very safe. I could certainly make the case that he is the best player in this draft. Um, I think it's becoming more clear in the NFL that interior pass rushers, you know, Aaron Donald, for example, have a little more value than the Von Millers and the edge guys of the world just because it's, a step or two shorter to get to the quarterback. And as quick as the ball comes out nowadays, having a really disruptive interior presence like Williams, I I think, will be, is highly, highly valuable. It's just the problem here is the Niners just needed edge guys more than they needed interior guys. But I never fault a team for saying, I'm just going to take the best player on the board and we'll we'll make it work and make a strength even stronger. And I think that one thing that helps the 49ers in this scenario is they were able to go into free agency and make that trade and secure the services of D Ford as that speed edge rusher. So that sort of makes that need lessened. And DeForest Buckner is a very versatile player. He was drafted as a 3-4 defensive end out of Oregon. He could play that big end on base downs. And then DeForest Buckner next to Quinnen Williams as Nick laid out there. That's a dynamic interior that is just going to give opposing offenses fits. Yeah, and two other former first-round picks, Armstead and Solomon Thomas, are also versatile. But I would wonder, if you're the Niners after this pick, are you shopping one of their services, too? Because, I mean, it's a little crowded between the tackles now. I got to believe you're right there. Let's go to yeah. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino of Draft Dues and get their reaction to the first two picks. All right, Kyle, the, the thought going into this draft was Kyler Murray is the number one overall pick in the draft. Well, that didn't prove to be the case here. Nick Bosa goes number one to the Cardinals, and then Quinn and Williams, a defensive tackle from Alabama, number two to the San Francisco 49ers. And so this has really taken a turn that maybe we didn't anticipate with the Cardinals not going Murray and going with the arguably the best edge rusher in the class in Nick Bosa. Yeah, this is really just a matter of the two two of the best players in the draft class coming off the board, staying true to who are the best talents available. And you like to see teams that don't marry themselves to the idea of we need to fill a need. Quarterback's a different animal, but at the same time, these are all passers that have significant question marks. And the Cardinals did just invest a first-round pick last year in Josh Rosen. So seeing the decision to kind of forego that double-down 
especially in an environment like this one where we're not held to some of the factors that the Cardinals are likely factoring in making their decision. I think these are good moves because they're picking good football players first and foremost. Yeah, what I think this could prompt, though, is is Kyler Murray is still on the board, right? And he's got to come off, and you've got a lot of quarterback-hungry teams coming up. Will somebody make the move to go get the best quarterback in the draft in Kyler Murray? Stay tuned. we got to figure this thing out. Peter Bukowski getting a lot of work early in this mock draft, breaking down the defensive linemen here. What are your thoughts on the 49ers and Quinn and Williams at number two? This is an interesting move here from the 49ers, getting Quinn and Williams the defensive tackle from Alabama, who some believe is the best player overall, best player full stop in this draft, despite the fact that the 49ers have some interior players really worth paying attention to and a lack of edge production. But Quinn and Williams is worth that kind of gamble, if it is a gamble. He is a one-year wonder, but what a wonder he was. His swim and slap move discard lineman with regularity, and even when he's not getting sacks, he's getting pressures and disrupting in the backfield. His 19.5 tackles for loss last year are a testament to that. His leverage is still a little inconsistent, and he's tall for a defensive tackle. As a result, he'll float through games at times. Part of that in 2018 was this was just his first full season as a down-to-down star. More snaps, more doubles. So he'll have to adjust to that in the NFL and get his body right. But if he does, he's an absolute force. And what the 49ers did was double down on a strength. And in doing so, they got a player who's going to be 21 until nearly Christmas. Williams could get even better, and that is a scary thought for teams in the NFC West. Thanks for the breakdown, Peter. It's the Locked On Podcast Network 2019 Mock Draft Special. I know there's some trade talks happening behind the scenes here. We'll step away momentarily with the New York Jets on the clock at pick number three. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you on the 2019 Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. Nick Bosa going number one to the Cardinals. Quinn and Williams going number two to the San Francisco 49ers. The New York Jets are on the clock. And John Butchko making the selection for the New York Jets. This is John Butchko from the Locked On Jets podcast here in the Jets War Room. And there's not really much of a decision to make here. I think in my mind that there are three top players are three players above everybody else in this year's draft class one is Nick Bosa one is Quinn and Williams and one is Josh Allen the edge rusher out of Kentucky and Bosa and Williams are both gone which makes this choice very easy I I don't really know where, where else where else you would consider going for the Jets um they do need to surround Sam Darnold with more weapons on the offensive side of the ball but the Value is just not there with any offensive player. This is a draft that's very heavily pointed toward top-end defensive talent. There's not really a lot of offensive talent that I think you would consider at three. I think the wide receiver DK Metcalf would probably be a reach here. Uh, He's probably the top receiver on the board. I think that the Jets really could use some offensive line help, but it's probably too early for a center. And I think even any of the tackles would probably be a reach here. Um, so I think the pick is actually very simple. I, I think that this could have been much tougher if Arizona had picked Kyler Murray because then you're talking about potentially choosing between Quinn and Williams and Josh Allen from Kentucky. Um, I think Nick Bosa is probably the top player. If Nick Bosa was there, I would take him. But 
there's not really I, I I don't really see much of a choice. I think Josh Allen is pretty clearly the the pick here. Just an incredibly explosive athlete, um, a guy who needs a few technical refinements. Now he's going to have to add to his pass rushing arsenal, but that's not uncommon for. Uh, edge rushers entering the league. This is a position that that has plagued the Jets for over a decade. The Jets have not had a consistent top-end pass rusher since they traded John Abraham to the Falcons, and that was all the way back in 2006. So it's been over a decade since the Jets had a consistent top-end threat off the edge. Um, And Allen put up 17 sacks in the best conference in the country last year playing college football. And the other thing about that is that that may sell short how effective he he was as a pass rusher because Kentucky played him in coverage a lot. He's a very good coverage guy. He's a good coverage linebacker, but that's not what the Jets are getting him for. The Jets are getting him to get after the pass rusher. So this one is, I think, a pretty cut-and-dry pick. I think that this would be much tougher in a scenario where another guy, another of the big three, Bosa or Williams, was still available. The fact that I think that there are three elite players in this draft, and the first two are gone and there's only one left makes this pick pretty simple so the Jets are selecting Josh Allen with the third overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft Matt I don't know if this one could go any other way after we saw what happened with picks number one and two Bosa and Quinnen Williams it was basically Josh Allen or nothing for the New York Jets here right yeah, I think so, and, and this very well could happen in the real world as well. Uh, they have an edge need. Allen is a phenomenal upside prospect who's coming off a great year. You hope his best football is ahead of him. Um, the only stipul- the only thing I just wanted to mention, though, is I wonder how many offers the Jets listen to, just because they are a little short on draft capital after moving up for Sam Darnold last year. This could be a, a, a team that would be in the market to move down, but um, they get their guy. I'm sure they're very happy with it. It's kind of a chalk pick, and you know it makes a lot of sense. And like the 49ers at number two, if let's say if Kyler Murray was one of the first couple of picks and the Jets were sitting there looking at both Josh Allen and Quinn and Williams, do you think that decision would have been more difficult and they might have done the thing that you draft the best player, maybe not the highest need like the 49ers did at number two overall if you're the Jets at number three? Um, I have mixed feelings about that because I do slightly prefer Williams, and that sounds like a knock on Allen, but it isn't. And I think that the, the gap there isn't big enough that I would sway from need. I think if I'm the Jets at three and Williams and Allen are both available – I would prefer Allen. But where the ripple effect is, is the Raiders at four. I mean, I think the Raiders really would have Quinn and Williams extremely high on their board. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're really keeping their fingers crossed at four. And I've mentioned a few times on my podcast, if I'm the Raiders and it goes, you know, Murray Bosa, I might call the Jets up and say, hey, how about I give you a fifth round pick and we just swap so I can promise to get Williams. And then the Jets would get got Allen too. Speaking of the multitude of experts we have here on the Locked On Podcast Network, not only is there the NFL channel, there is the college channel. And we've got Curtis Birch from Locked On Kentucky, who has all of the info watching Josh Allen in college for the last four years. Josh Allen shows what hard work can do. Coming into Kentucky, his only major Division I college football offer, he was just a two-star. And he made impacts way before anyone expected. And he just continued to get better and better. And honestly, I don't even think he's reached his ceiling yet. He's a guy who was asked to slightly change positions, go to the outside linebacker spot, 
was asked to go into pass coverage this season, something that he had never done before and was able to show himself quite well out there. He's a guy whose biggest asset is getting to the quarterback, and he did it a record time at Kentucky. Josh Allen's a guy who's shown that he's willing to put in the work, and I think that that's going to continue at the next level. Allen was able to win almost every major defensive award he was up for after the season, and doing it at a non-traditional program like Kentucky just showed how important he was to college football, and I think that that will continue in the NFL. Thanks, Curtis. That brings us to the fourth pick. It's the first of three first-round draft picks for the Oakland Raiders, selecting for the Raiders at number four in the locked-on Raiders draft room. That is your boy Q, who's up with the number four overall pick. All right, taking a look at the Raiders draft room right now, looking at the draft board, number four overall. And I'll tell you right now, the Cardinals taking Nick Bosa at number one, kind of threw this draft into helter-skelter immediately. Definitely thought the Cardinals would take Kyler Murray at number one, dropping one of the big three defensive studs in this draft down into the Raiders' lap. One of the three studs, Bosa, Williams, or Josh Allen, just knew that one of those three guys were going to be available. But as it shakes out, they are not. All three are already off the board. Cardinals take Bosa. Williams goes to the Niners, and the Jets go with Josh Allen. So now the Raiders sit there and think, what to do? Kyler Murray's still on the board. Do you make a pick like that? Go get him. Maybe sit him behind Carr for a year, similar to what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes, and then move him on? Or or are you satisfied with what you have in Carr? Let him shake out 2019, see how that goes. And if need be, then go get a, a quarterback in the 2020 draft. Or maybe address the quarterback position a little bit later in this draft. It's a lot to think about, a lot to think about. There's a lot of good talent on the board right now. You can go with Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. Not too sure exactly what his ideal position in the league is going to be. Rashawn Gary, guy edge out of Michigan, didn't have a lot of production in school. That's the big problem with him. He's big, he's athletic, he looks the part, sounds the part, but didn't have a lot of production in school. So do I expect him to all of a sudden have a lot of production in the league? Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to have to kind of tend to go away from him. So who do you go with? Where do you go? Brian Burns, edge from Florida State. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of talent. Could be that guy. Could be that edge rusher that that the Raiders need. You know, obviously with Khalil Mack being gone and only having 13 sacks in 2018, that has to be addressed in a major, major way. But really not too sure if that's where I want to go. Not too sure if that's a position I want to go. A lot of pressure could be had up the gut. You know, Ed Oliver could be make a lot of sense. Team him up there with Mo Hurst. Could uh, push the pocket a lot up the middle. Just don't know. It's really, really a tough decision here. Uh, could think about trading back and collecting a couple extra picks, but at some point you just got to get some talent. You got to get some real deal talent on this team and start changing the culture of this team offensively and defensively. Got to get guys on this team that are winners, guys who want to be, guys who expect to win, guys who hate losing more than they like to win, guys who just that burn in their belly, that sickness when they lose games. Those are the kind of guys that Raiders need to have. Those are the kind of guys that need to be brought onto this team to turn it around, turn things around, and change the culture of the Oakland Raiders. So with that being said, let's look at Devin White, linebacker out of LSU. He is a guy who could be a sideline to sideline linebacker in the new style of NFL defenses. Give Paul Gunther some real deal talent at the linebacker position. It might be a little high for him, a little bit high, but... It's a lot of talent. He's got a lot of talent. You combine him with Vontez Burfitt, Brandon Marshall, and all of a sudden your linebacking core looks really, really nice, really, really sexy. This is a guy who could also cover if he has to. He could drop in coverage, so that wouldn't be a liability. The Raiders have not had a real deal linebacker in forever. When was the last time the Oakland Raiders had a real deal linebacker of their own? 
It's been a long, long time. So I think you get this pick, you make this pick with Devin White, you give him to Paul Gunther, then you start to see this defense start to come into form. Now, the edge still needs to be addressed. Defensive back still needs to be addressed. A lot of positions still need to be addressed. But I think you get Devin White, you get a guy who could be an alpha dog on your team, a leader of that defensive side of the ball for Paul Gunther. I think that's a home run pick. Go ahead and turn in the card. It is Devin White, linebacker, LSU, Oakland Raiders, number four overall pick. Interesting selection here, Matt. Devin White, linebacker from LSU, widely considered the best linebacker in this draft, supremely athletic. Off-ball linebackers these days aren't valued as high as they once were in the NFL, and I think this is probably the ceiling for Devin White. How do you feel about White to the Raiders at number four? Yeah, and I'm sure my man Q was looking at this going, I'm going to end up with Bosa, Williams, or Allen, uh, the three pretty much elite defensive prospects in this draft build a really struggling defense with around that guy. But when that was gone, I don't have a problem with White here. I mean, I think you need a quarterback, a face of the defense, you know, a guy to coordinate everything, your Luke Keekley type of dude. And I think White fits that bill, best linebacker in this draft. And, you know, these guys are are pretty valuable. I mean, you look at like what Quan Alexander made. You look at C.J. Mosley. Um, they're becoming more and more of a premium for the true every down difference maker linebacker. And this is obviously probably the earliest white could really go, but I think it's a decent fallback plan when those three dudes, you know, went right in front of you. The big takeaway for me with this pick at number four is that Kyler Murray is still on the board was not right. selected by the Raiders at number four. Still, nobody has made that move up into the top five to select Kyler Murray. And this signals that the Raiders either maybe Kyler Kyler Murray's not the type of quarterback John Gruden is looking for, or they are really set and they're building around Derek Carr for the future. And I do think Carr deserves that, you know, that he showed flashes last year. I thought he looked better as the season went on. I thought the offense in Gruden did a better job as the season went on. And they've really built a nice surrounding around Carr. I think you give him this year as a real audition period, 16 games, and see if he's the man or not. And if he isn't, you still have some draft capital to go get the next guy if need be. If he, if he is, then you're sitting free. And let's go to Locked On LSU to get the breakdown of Devin White from Matt Muscana. Provided he stays healthy, Devin White is the closest thing to a sure thing that exists in the 2019 NFL Draft. Physically, he checks every single box. As a linebacker, 6'1", 240, blazing speed that can cover sideline to sideline, and he can also be a big thumper and run stuffer in the middle. He finished his junior season at LSU with 123 tackles, three sacks, and ended up winning the Butkus Award as the best linebacker in college football. Aside from being a great linebacker, he's also a great locker room guy. He was the team MVP and awarded a permanent team captainship as well from LSU. But he's also a total freak show. Devin White showed up on LSU's campus as a running back. He's only played linebacker for three years of his life. If even possible, he's only going to get better. Some team, whichever team picks him, is going to get a steal in Devin White. Thank you, Matt. We don't see Devin White getting mocked to the Oakland Raiders at number four very often. Let's go to the Locked On NFL Draft desk, Trevor and Ben, to see how they feel about the last few picks. Trevor and Ben, back from the TDN virtual draft desk from the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. We're recapping 
picks two through four now, and the San Francisco 49ers went Quinnen Williams, the New York Jets went Josh Allen, and the Oakland Raiders went Devin White. How do you th- what do you think about those three going like that, knowing Nick Bose is the player that went number one overall? I mean, Niners go ahead. They get the best player in the draft, in my opinion, in a guy like Quinn Williams. They've got to figure out how that interior works. Now. That's You've the got tough a part, lot right? Of I mean, bodies like, in yeah, there. the the talent the talent is good there with Quinn. And I mean, you certainly can't deny that. But is it still the right pick, even though it might force some good players off the field a little bit? Do you see that happening? Draft good players. Figure out the rest later. Hey, I'm it's with just, you, brother. You know, I'm with weird. you, brother. And the Niners did it the right way by solving the immediate desperate needed edge in free agency and via trade so that they had the flexibility to do this. Yep. If, if they were at two boats to go, well, they still need an edge. It's got to be a guy like Josh Allen. So they gave themselves the freedom to go here with Quinnen. I really like that about them. Allen at three to the Jets, it's a it's a popular pick. They have a ton of needs. It makes you can't sense, really right? It. You know, come on. Yeah. Devin White at four to the Raiders is an interesting one because he typically lasts beyond four, and, and the Bucks at five are his spot. But Gruden, loving a player like White, makes a ton of sense for the way his defenses have been successful over the years. This is a really good fit for White. If he's going to be a successful pro, it could really happen in a place like Oakland. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, we're seeing the teams really value Devin White, even though valuing linebackers has not been uh, as prevalent as it has, I think, over the last couple of years. Where we, we even saw in free agency that teams are ready to yeah. throw some serious Quan, baby. You see, throw some serious capital at these linebackers. Quan, CJ Mosley as well. So, um, yeah, you got to think that there's a chance that he goes uh, top four, top five. So, all good picks. We'll be back one more time this day to recap the rest of the stuff. Don't go anywhere. Okay, Devin White, linebacker out of LSU, is the pick for the Oakland Raiders at number four, following Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, and Josh Allen. That brings us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick number five. But, Matt, what is this? Getting word now that there is a trade. It looks like this is the end of the fall, potentially, of Kyler Murray, and we will detail the trade. Who's moving up into this spot? What did they give up to move up to number five with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? All of that after the break. And remember, to get this podcast every day, subscribe to Locked On NFL on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On NFL and all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here back with you on the Locked On Podcast Network 2019 Mock Draft Special, and we have a trade. Someone has finally moved up into the top five here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are moving down. Cincinnati Bengals are the team that's moving up, presumably for a quarterback, but we'll find out when that selection is made momentarily. The Cincinnati Bengals giving up their first round pick, number 11 overall, number 42 overall, their second round selection, and a third round pick in the 2020 draft to move up here to pick number five with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock at pick number five. Let's go to the Bengals draft room and get that selection. This is Jake and Joe from the Locked On Bengals podcast here in the Bengals draft room of the Locked On NFL mock draft. We are watching this draft happen and as soon as Nick Bosa goes first overall, Joe and I are looking at, okay, if the next three picks go a certain way, let's look at moving ahead of the New York Giants to draft a quarterback. And we see Quinnen Williams go two, Josh Allen go three, Devin White, who is a primary target, go four. 
And then we're starting to feel a little antsy about letting the board fall a certain way. And Joe, what do we do? We contact the Buccaneers who picked fifth originally. Uh, they were in talks apparently with another team and we offered the second round pick 42nd overall and to sweeten the pot. We offered the 2020 third round pick uh, that got the deal done. Bengals were able to move up to number five and select our guy. And we do give up a little bit of surplus value there with the third rounder next year. If you look at a draft chart, Tampa Bay comes ahead, but we think we get the best player in the draft, potentially the most franchise changing player in the draft. So with, the fifth pick of the 2019 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. And we got our franchise guy. In our opinion, we got someone who can do things that our guy can't do, and which is create plays, extend plays. Uh, obviously, the running ability is there, but the deep accuracy, the arm talent. Yeah, there's some questions on Kyler Murray being a one-year starter, having to choose between baseball, but making him the fifth overall pick giving them that guaranteed money as, as a number five guy will get paid. I don't think we have to worry about baseball anymore. And he's now our guy. And he obviously succeeded Baker Mayfield and there are questions about his height and him being an outlier. We're comfortable with that. And from a pro football focus perspective, comparing Kyler Murray to Baker Mayfield looks very favorable for Kyler Murray, who has the throwing that Baker Mayfield had. And on top of that is one of the best rushing quarterbacks in college football history. And to think that the Browns do have Baker Mayfield and the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson and even the Steelers took Mason Rudolph. We felt the pressure to move up and get our guy. And in doing so, it's going to have some effects. We know we need a linebacker. And now without the second round pick, things are going to get a little tighter. and We need to hit our draft picks for the rest of the draft. And we do have a few sixth round picks and Andy Dalton is trade chips. We will probably look to move up later in the draft if we've moved up in the first round to make sure we're getting our guys at a few key positions like linebacker, tight end, developmental offensive lineman. These are all things that we have on the radar. So we have given up some capital, but we got a franchise quarterback, we think, and we still have some trade chips to play with to hit the rest of the needs. We'll have to see how the rest of the draft goes to see how well we can address those needs. And that's what we're doing in the Cincinnati Bengals draft room. And there it is. That ends the fall for quarterback Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, Matt. And I think it was just a matter of time. It was a matter of when need met value for some of these teams that were trying to move up. Yeah, and... I've been saying all along that I think five is an odd position for Tampa to be in because I've operated under the assumption that when they get on the clock, Allen, Williams, Bosa, and Murray would all be gone. And therefore, they don't get the dominant defensive player. There's a little bit of a gap after those guys. I think they'd love to get a dominant corner, but there's not one close to being worth the fifth pick. So they're somewhat in no man's land. And a lot of people have rumored you know, that Devin White would be that pick at five. And yep. in our situation, he's already gone too. So there's not a guy jumping off the page for Tampa. So this makes perfect sense. You know, let's get more picks. They have a lot of needs. Maybe they'll be able to trade up at different portions of the draft now with more, you know, to go get the, their guy. And as for Cincinnati, I mean, there's a, a new sheriff in town. You know, Marvin Lewis was there for so long that now they have a new coach coming over from the Rams and much like they did with Goff, let's build around this coach's guy. Um, it's not a bad sporting cast around them with, you know, AJ green and Mixon, And there are some talented players there. So, you know, the, the Bengals need a shot in the arm and they're getting it with their coach quarterback combination. And here's the other thing in all this, you want to just throw these teams names out there and say, Oh, the, you know, the giants or, 
uh, the Bengals or Washington or any of these teams, just like, oh, this team's going to trade up and get a quarterback. But there's a cost to that. So when you look at this trade going from 11 to 5, the Bengals didn't have to dip into a future first-round pick. They gave up their second-round pick, number 42 overall, and a third-round pick next year. That kind of offer, if the phone was ringing for the Cardinals or for the 49ers or, or maybe even the Raiders, they were going to decline that trade. So this is the first spot a team like the Bengals had a chance to move up to if they weren't willing to dangle maybe a future first. And even this might be a little light on the trade front. Yeah, and again, I think Tampa was not in a position to, with a guy they love, you know, if you're Arizona, you don't want to go all the way back to 11, and then you're missing out on those elite players that we've mentioned. So it is kind of a sweet spot to move up at that five situation. And again, I I don't envy Tampa um, if they're sitting there with those three guys gone, or in this case, those four defensive players gone, um, all of a sudden, you're, you're kind of reaching a little bit. Now that the first quarterback has been selected, let's go to our quarterback expert, Mark Schofield, to break down the pick. This is Mark Schofield here to break down the first quarterback selected in the Locked On NFL Podcast Network mock draft, and that is Kyler Murray from the University of Oklahoma, selected by the Cincinnati Bengals, who move up in the draft to get their quarterback in the future. And this is a brilliant acquisition by the Bengals, who needed to solidify the quarterback position, moving beyond Andy Dalton. And they get in Kyler Murray, the most athletic quarterback in this class, the quarterback with the best arm talent in this class. He is a dynamic playmaker that can make accurate and strong throws to all levels of the field while still being able to create inside and outside the pocket with his legs and his eyes in those scramble drill situations. And the last thing I want to mention here is this. Kyler Murray, for all his athleticism, his ability to make throws and plays from the pocket gets overlooked. And when you pair him with Zach Taylor, a young offensive protege, their new head coach, who comes from that Sean McVay school of scheming players open and using space and concepts to really stretch a defense from sideline to sideline, this is a potentially amazing marriage of player and scheme. And so I think this is a brilliant acquisition by the Cincinnati Bengals to acquire their next quarterback in Oklahoma's Kyler Murray. So with Kyler Murray going off the board, I think it's, you know, this that is the tilting point. If you're not going to if you're not going to trade up to at least pick 5 for a quarterback, you got to expect the New York Giants were looking hard at one of these quarterbacks at number 6 overall. The New York Giants are now on the clock. Let's go to the Giants draft room and see what they've got going on. Did they have multiple quarterbacks on their board that they were willing to take at number 6 so they didn't feel the need to move up or were worried about a team leapfrogging them? Patricia Trena is on the clock picking for the Giants at number six. What's up, NFL fans? Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast, here to announce the sixth overall pick in the first round of the NFL draft. That pick, of course, belonging to Big Blue. And after watching Alabama defensive tackle Quinnen Williams go off the board at number two to the 49ers, Williams was a player that uh, I would have traded up to get. But uh, with him gone and facing a choice between Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins and an offensive tackle, I decided to go with Michigan edge rusher Rashawn Gary with the sixth overall pick. So why defense, you ask? Simple. The Giants need defensive playmakers. Repeat. The Giants need defensive playmakers. Of their 11 losses last year, eight were lost by seven points or less, with six of those being decided by five points or less. While you can certainly argue that the Giants' offense 
lacked firepower in the beginning of the season, you can also point to four of the Giants' losses against Dallas, the Colts, Eagles, and Panthers, where the Giants basically lost the game on the opponent's final drive. Start putting guys on the field who can not only get after the quarterback, but who can contribute to stopping the run, and the hope is that the Giants' 2019 defense will start to produce more on the level as defensive coordinator James Betcher's Cardinals defense did when he headed that unit. Rashawn Gary is just one of several defensive players I anticipate the Giants are considering for real, but at some point they're also expected to address offensive tackle and quarterback in this draft. Will it be at number 17? Well, stay tuned and we'll see how the rest of the board falls. And in the meantime, make sure you check out Locked On Giants podcasts. Plenty of wall-to-wall draft coverage. We've got guests. We've got answers to your questions. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. So do tune in and check us out. Rashawn Gary. A big defensive end out of Michigan is the selection at number six overall for the Giants. A physical beast. He was the number one recruit, I think, in the nation out of high school going into Michigan. Has sort of underachieved a little bit in his three years on campus in Ann Arbor. Uh, What are your thoughts on Rashad Gary here at number six overall, Matt? Yeah, I'm not a fan, to be honest with you. I mean, I see the allure I'm sure every defensive line coach in the world would love to get their hands on this player. Like you said, he's immensely talented, top recruit in the country type guy, killed the combine, but just doesn't make enough plays on tape for me to warrant a selection this high. Um, It's clearly a need for the Giants. They need defensive linemen, and maybe he turns into the best defensive lineman in this class. That's a possibility, but it's a risky pick. Being somebody who's a former scout who's been around buildings and how decisions are made and and draft boards are built, what is that input from a coach? How does that front office versus a coaching staff where a coach might see a player with that much potential and a ball of clay like Rashawn Gary, who maybe scouts would say, you know what, he's underachieved. I'm not sure if he's ready. And a coach says, nope, give me that guy. I can mold him into a stud. How is that dynamic in a draft room? Yeah, that's interesting because... For people who don't realize it, I mean, the coaches do no scouting until their season's over. I mean, if you're the Patriots or the Rams, it wasn't until after the Super Bowl. For the Giants, it was immediately when the season ended. You started to dig into into players um, at your position group. So they're late to the show. So, you know, as a former scout, I'm always a little favor of the scouts who've been doing this year-round and in the buildings and in the colleges and all those things. But you're right. I think you framed that well, that – a pick like this is more of a coach's pick. I mean, again, I, I always favor the scouts in this argument a little bit too much, but coaches look at multiple pieces of clay like him, and, and every coach thinks they're the best coach in the world and says, give me that, I'll turn him into a star, where the scout looks at a guy like this and says, I watch every game on this guy, and I've watched him for years, and I keep waiting for the light to go on, and it hasn't yet, so I can't put my stamp on him, and that's what's tough about being a GM. You listen to those two arguments, and you Pick one way or another. You favor one guy or the other. All right, let's go back to the college ranks and our friend from Locked On Wolverines, USA Today's Isaiah Hole, breaking down the New York Giants selection at number six, Rashawn Gary. A lot of people aren't exactly sold as to where Rashawn Gary should go in the NFL draft. A lot of it has to do with the fact that at Michigan, he played the anchor position, which is essentially a defensive run-stopping defensive end, which cleared up a lot of opportunities for Chase Winovich to be able to get in and get the numbers that a lot of people thought Rashawn Gary was going to have while with the Wolverines. 
but at 6'4", 277, a freakish combine, which included a 40-yard dash of 4.58. Rashawn Gary is a very versatile, athletic type of defensive player that you could put anywhere along the defensive line and can really show out in ways that you really hope to see out of defensive linemen at the NFL level. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that should be a top 10 pick. If he falls beyond that, he might be the kind of steal that a team was just salivating over, given what he can do and all the potential that he has as a player. All right, it's time to check back in with our draft experts, the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Get their thoughts on the first six picks on day one of this mock draft. All right, Joe, last time we were on, we talked about this. We talked about... Who's going to make a move if someone's going to make a move to jump up and get Kyler Murray? And we saw that. The Cincinnati Bengals jumping up from the 11th overall pick to come to number five and draft Kyler Murray. This has to be the storyline of the day because, holy cow, nobody really has been associating the Cincinnati Bengals with Kyler Murray. But this is an aggressive move, one that gives them a very different player than what they've had there at quarterback in Andy Dalton. Yeah, and if anyone's listened to the Draft Dudes podcast, you were kind of the first person that's that got me on board with the Bengals drafting a quarterback at eleven. And what this is, what's so interesting here is it seems like the right time. Andy Dalton, he's a fine NFL quarterback, but they have peaked with what they can do with Andy Dalton. With year one of Zach Taylor, it was the time to go in a new direction at quarterback, and I love the aggressiveness. They have time to to really acclimate him as opposed to if he were to go to a place like Arizona that was going to trade away Josh Rosen. He's going to have to be the guy from day one. That pressure is gone. I think this is a really exciting move for the Bengals, which has been a franchise that, let's be honest, has been stagnant for a while. And, Joe, the other question we had was, where does Sean Gary fit into the mix? He goes at six to the New York Giants. Yeah, it feels like a Giants pick, right? This feels like a Gettleman thing where he would want to get that athlete, a guy that's you know from the area. And so for back-to-back years, they, they get a couple guys, uh, a couple local guys. And so you know the Giants, they, they still have that big hole at quarterback, but we, they also have that big hole at edge rusher. Obviously, it's, it feels like maybe they're going to look for a quarterback with their second first-round pick, but we'll have to see uh, how that unfolds. That's going to do it from us here on the Draft Dudes deck. Let's go over and see what the boys at Locked On NFL Draft think. Ben, all right, so we'll ju- I'll just recap it real quick. Nick Bosa went one, Quinny Williams went two, Josh Allen three, Devin White four, but then we had a switch up here, our first trade of the mock, Cincinnati getting Kyler Murray going all the way from number 11 to number five, trading back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then the New York Giants went with Sean Gary. What sticks out to you? What's the storyline there in those six picks? So I think the big one, obviously, we talked about Kyler Murray. He falls at five is the spot where Cincinnati is able to move up and they strike taking at Tampa. And it makes sense because you want to get in front of the Giants at six. Like uh, Kyler visited the Giants a couple weeks before the draft. Yeah. Obviously, they're, they're in need of that potential replacement for Eli Manning. So you have to get in front of them. And at five at Tampa was the spot to do it. Kyler in Cincinnati was Zach Taylor. Let me tell you, Cincinnati went from a ho-hum doldrum franchise to the most interesting team what in the league. What a phrase there. What a Listen, phrase. in the span of two months, we've got, you know, the Sean McVay potential 2.0 unproven offensive coordinator guy with Kyler, who doesn't even make a ton of sense for how the Rams run their system. Oh, it's fascinating if this is how things actually end up going. No, I think it's, it is really interesting. And I'm looking at the first six picks here, and a lot of them 
make a lot of sense for, for I think, the right reasons. And so I'm not so sure this is actually how the draft plays out just because we've heard different things. But if it did play out like this, I'd be pretty happy with everybody across the board, even looking at a team like Tampa Bay, knowing that they they really have a handful of guys that they could draft to impact their team, getting out of that pick number five, especially if Kyler Murray's on the board. That's a really smart pick. I think they could probably get more than what the haul was there. The big surprise to me was Rashawn Gary going six. I'm not sure that happens, and um, that wouldn't happen on my board at least. So can't wait to see what day two of the Locked On Mock Draft holds. You guys stick around. It'll be fun. So that brings us to the end of episode one, day number one here on the Locked On Podcast Network NFL Mock Draft Special. Uh, what was your biggest shock so far with, with this draft so far in the first six picks here on day one of this mock? Well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, Kyler Murray not being the first pick in the draft. I mean, uh, deep down, I think that he will end up as an Arizona Cardinal with at the at the one one spot. But in the end, I mean, I think you know it kind of balanced things out here too in that uh, the top guys are going and it doesn't have a massive ripple effect for our purposes and good for the Bengals I mean go be aggressive get this guy um I could see why there are some concerns with Murray I mean the, the Arizona uh, owner could could certainly express some concerns with the guy he's not a perfect prospect but you know the, the most for the most part the most the the bodies who I thought would get picked early did just not quite in the order I expected. Um, so it's gonna be a fun you know rest of the first round here. So let's see. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at number seven overall. Detroit Lions picking eight. Buffalo Bills nine. Denver Broncos at ten. Now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have pick number eleven from the Cincinnati Bengals. Green Bay Packers at twelve. And the Miami Dolphins number thirteen overall. Those will be the selections on tomorrow's show. Uh, Matt, do you have any obvious players right now that are the best available? We've got Ed Oliver still out there. There's a a bunch of edge guys in this class uh, and a couple quarterbacks. Do you have a best overall available going into day two of this mock draft? A guy I love is TJ Hawkinson, and I really think this is a sweet spot for him because look at these teams that are tight and needy here coming up. We got Jacksonville, Detroit, Buffalo, Denver, Green Bay at 12, all of those teams could really use a tight end. And Cincy, if if they would have stuck at 11, could have also been in that tight end market. So maybe two Iowa tight ends fall in that range. I mean, there's that would be something you don't see very often. But I'm a big, big Hawkinson fan. And a lot of these teams, that's really high on their list in terms of needs. And for those of you who might be thinking, oh, my team's done in this mock draft. I don't have to listen Tuesday through Thursday's episodes. There are trades in this thing. Some active GMs sitting in for these teams in this mock draft. So your team might not be done. Continue to check in on picks 7 through 32 running through Friday here on Locked On NFL. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Be back tomorrow, picks 7 through 13 on the Locked On Podcast Network 2019 NFL Mock Draft Special. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you're in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on NFL.